Welcome back. This is Mark Tab with Keith Weltons. You're listening to Am Hodgepodge. Yeah, we're here with Ryan Pry. He is an attorney in the New River Valley, and uh, he works for folks from basically Roanoke to is Tazewell too far or Withville? I have I have gone to Tazewell. Yeah, <laughs> uh, pretty much uh, across Southwest Virginia. Right. So. And your office is located. In the old gas station where uh, that sat there vacant for what? Gosh, probably fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Uh, South right parking lot. South yeah, parking. in the front of that parking lot, mm-hmm. that renovation came out fantastic, mm-hmm. and you're right now next to the Radford City Tourism Building. That's our our shares kind of the the same thing. How did you uh, determine that that's kind of where you wanted to be? Uh, you know, I. Ever since I had moved to Radford in 2006, it had been vacant. Right. Uh, I kind of had my eye on it for years, honestly, and uh, just thought that it was one of the one of the single spots in Radford that I thought had the most potential, and, and it had just sat vacant forever. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I've, I hear a lot of stories about people who used to get their ice cream. There. I know. That's what I was about to say. I used to get Hershey's ice cream there. Oh, my gosh. It was delicious. And so uh, they, uh, when, I, when I decided to go out on my own, I honestly made the decision to go out on my own about a week before the lockdown started with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, and so mm-hmm. this all happened during that time. Uh, but um, we opened July 1st of, of 2020. And uh, – but it, yeah, I found out that was open, and to me, that was a sign that was meant to meant to do what I ended up doing and sure. opening my own shop because it was uh, the spot I always had in mind. And uh, when I found out they were looking to fill that spot, it just it worked out perfect. Yeah, so. it was one of those things, Mark. When you see it, the the building, you know, take shape, and then there's a tenant in there, yeah, uh, and then that tenant has um, staying power. It's I mean, it, it does actually help the entire area, the entire city, mm-hmm. both visually and and economically. So when we talk about the different type of law that you perform, I mean, I'm I'm aware of it, and so you know, we we've got clients. You know, I personally have used you for a couple of things, but you you know, you do everything from the wills to trusts. You know, maybe you can kind of do LLCs. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I, the majority of my practice is with the state planning mm-hmm. and the state administration. Um, every situation is different. Uh, you know, for, for younger, younger folks that have young children, uh, it's planning for their needs, trying to create a trust and, and that sort of thing that uh, if, if something were to happen to the parents that their children are going to be taken care of uh, in the with the right person uh, provided for with a, a trust plan in place that uh, that'll hopefully last into their adulthood so uh, so let, I'm going to stop you there and let's just kind of dive into that just briefly um, a lot of questions that we get are sort of centered around well why would I need a trust versus a will so um, yeah and and th- the primary reason I, I use the uh, what they call a living trust mm-hmm. or a revocable trust most of the time, there are lots of types of trusts. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But um, the the primary purpose of the the revocable trust in with the current tax rules and things is really privacy, and uh, it it keeps family matters private within the family. That it's not subject to court supervision or the the commissioner of accounts that mm-hmm. deals with a lot of probate matters and things that go through the courts. So um, the example I use, I, I uh, for years when I started, there was there was an older gentleman that had left money, a scholarship fund in a trust in his will um, under an old document from the 1990s, uh, left money for Catholic students in the Roanoke Valley. Mm-hmm. And um, so they every year, because it was within a will, that we had to file a um, accounting, an accounting with the commissioner of accounts in, in Roanoke. And those fees have gone up where now for a, a trust of that size, and I haven't had to do that uh, since I opened my own office, but, but that that trust, five years ago, we were filing like the 22nd annual accounting every year. It was about $500 in fees that could have gone to scholarship funds, mm-hmm. but we're, yeah. we're going to that. And so with a a uh, young child, if if you leave it within a will, um, and it set, has rules that provide that they might not receive it until their twenty fifth birthday, uh, you know, twenty years of five or six hundred dollars a year <laughs> in, in accounting fees that otherwise could be going to that child, it, it yeah. adds up. And yeah. and if you have a, a trusted family member uh, handling it. Uh, it's not necessary. Uh, that the the court supervision is is really just a, a headache uh, mm-hmm. and an expense. And so um, the children still have rights under the Uniform Trust Code. They're protected. Uh, there are a lot of and they're they're adding protections every year to that sort of thing. But but it it uh, generally works really well. That way. So do you need to be rich, or should you be rich to have a trust? Uh, so. No, uh, you know that I it used to be that that trusts were really for wealthy p- people, things like that. Um, but the way I find it, it in my practice, it really doesn't cost. I don't charge anything more t- typically to prepare a revocable trust versus typing the same stuff in a will. So if if someone has property, uh, owns a home, things like that, I mean. You're, you're really planning for in a married couple. You're planning for at the death of the second to die mm-hmm. because typically a lot of married couples they have beneficiary designations mm-hmm. on their accounts or they own their ha- house jointly, things like that. Um, there are other situations, of course, if you have a, a family member, a child that has special needs, you want to do special planning for that so they uh, can not be disqualified from benefits that they receive, things like that. I do a lot of special needs trusts, uh, do uh, a lot with blended families where if, if uh, husband and wife had children from prior relationships, uh, one of the things that people don't often realize is that if you are have a blended family and you die without a will, the statute says the spouse only gets one-third and the children get two-thirds. And I, I have had a couple of difficult situations where – you know, stepmom and children may not get along right. very well, and and stepmom has to sell the the home and move and everything after husband's death because yeah. the children want their money, yeah. uh, and so that can be difficult. Um, and so, and and 
the nature of my work, uh, I, I kind of joke, but it's true. Uh, as an estate attorney, I mean, 90% of the people who see me don't really want to see me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. don't want to yeah. be working with me. Yeah. Um, but my job is, is really to um, make it help them navigate through a very difficult time, through a time of loss or a time of illness, and uh, try to um, just take one source of stress off their plate and, right. and handle it for them. So. I was going to ask, you know, for the majority of individuals, they're all told, go and get a will. You need to get a will. Is is it fair to say that a will is um, people's wishes in their words or how would you describe a will? For individuals, so um, a will or or the trust that I use, um, basically, uh, yeah, it's it's. I typically recommend a few things for mm-hmm. people when they come to see me. The uh, 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 usually a simple will that, that works with a trust uh, in the majority of cases, and the, that that trust, or, or if you just have a traditional will, it it, it essentially does a few things. It, it's you're naming the person that you want as your executor or trustee, and that's the person that's going to handle your affairs after your death. Mm-hmm. So a trusted individual uh, to do that. Um, and that can be difficult in some cases. Uh, I, I, I typically tell people my preference is to be the advisor, but sometimes if they truly don't have anyone, I'll, I'll step in and do it for them. And, and we work those terms out and things. Um, and then um, you're also saying how you want your estate to pass at your death. And so it can be very simple. Uh, you know, we have one son and it all goes to him, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or it could be very complicated. I've had uh, people that have left things to 50 different people, <laughs> things like that. Um, so that's, you know, those are really the, the core purposes of the will. If you die without a will, the statute kicks in and says how it goes. And, and it as far as having an administrator named, it's in a lot of areas around here, it's just a race to the courthouse. Whoever goes in first gets appointed. Yeah. And um, that's not always the best thing. Um, yeah. Will can also avoid surety on a bond, which, um, you know, a bond for a hundred thousand dollar estate might be several hundred dollars mm-hmm. that, that they have to pay at least one year, maybe twice. So it saves a lot of expenses. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I also recommend uh, typically that everyone have a power of attorney and a, uh, healthcare directive, things I mean, like that. That's usually done sort of as a package deal, isn't Typically, it? Typically, yeah. yeah I mean, those, you're sitting there doing things. it anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, and I can tell, I can speak from personal experience and Keith, I know you can affirm this. Um, uh, you, you say, you know, 90% of the people that come to see you don't want to see you. A lot of times that is after the passing. Maybe somebody did have a will. Maybe they had a trust. Um, it's still not easy to settle an estate, uh, especially if there's no trust and you do have to work with the court system. Um, th- th- some of the documentation that you have to provide to the courts, the um, th- the inventory of the estate, the accounting, it's not – for somebody that's not a numbers person or for somebody, like you said, is, who's grieving anyways, it's a difficult process for them. For somebody that has a job and a family, it's uh, – there's a lot of work and a lot of thought and maybe some unfamiliar things for those people that it becomes really frustrating. And the court system's not there 
uh, to help. They're right. It's there to just process. It, yeah, and it, it can be intimidating. I uh, met with some folks earlier this week where uh, a sibling had passed and. They get uh, a letter. They had qualified on their own with the court. And um, some of the courts around here, some of the clerks are very good mm-hmm. at explaining things. But it is a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and then they get a letter from the commissioner of accounts that's five pages long with deadlines and, and all this. And it, it can be very intimidating. Yeah. And uh, so I, I am, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I'm proud of is that I – have a, a good working relationship with the local clerks and the commissioners of accounts. And, and so uh, I'm, I'm typically able to step in. Uh, some of the commissioners will, will refer folks to me if they've gotten kind of I wouldn't say in trouble, but they've Confused, they've they've, maybe. they've in maybe, over their head. maybe taken a stab yeah. at things, and 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 then they realize that it's more than they can do yeah. on their own, and and so I usually tell folks I'm available to do as much or as little as they need, as the case may be, and uh, you know a lot of times folks will uh, just here's a pile of stuff and deal with it for <laughs> me, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so that's happens. Yeah. And, and to that end, when you talk about the cost of a trust and a will, a lot of people are afraid of a trust because it sounds more expensive. And in some cases, it's a little bit more expensive. But when you add the cost of probate to the will, pretty much it's a break even, isn't it? Kind of a wash? I Yeah. And I, I a lot of times, uh, the I, I personally believe that the trust arrangement ends up saving uh, you know saving money making it easier in the end and and a lot of that when I'm working with people we do kind of a lot of times it's just whatever we can do to make it easier for like if it's their child that's going to be handling their affairs so working with with guys like you to have their beneficiaries set up properly uh, you know trying to simplify things yeah. as much as we can and and then we also get into a lot of times uh, you know around here one of the big questions a lot is you know I don't want to lose my home to a nursing home mm-hmm. you know things like that and so uh, and there I won't go into too much into the weeds with that now but there there are a lot of things that can be done and, and a lot of, of tactics I you know I, I you know, I, I kind of refer to it as asset protection planning and, right. and uh, do a, a good bit of that. And, and I, I'm a member of it's called the Virginia Academy of Elder Law Attorneys. And so it's a network of attorneys around the area. There are a few others uh, in Christiansburg, Blacksburg area that are members and uh, some very helpful folks in Roanoke. We have a listserv that we uh anonymously send out, you know, okay, this is this is a new case that I've never dealt with. And yeah. you get some feedback from folks around the state and uh, headed to Richmond for a, an annual conference this Friday on that. It's, it's just a really good network and, and very helpful for um, whenever you have unusual cases that arise and that does seem to happen in this line of work. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. Last question. Um, uh, we see this all the time. You get two or three different beneficiaries or two or three different siblings, and the parents are trying to figure out who should be the executor or executrix on the on the estate, and they um, they'll pick someone sort of based on their maybe maybe on a trust level or maybe on a capability level or maybe uh, their location relative to the estate. What kind of 
advice do you give people when they're trying to pick a? Yeah, um, so uh, uh, you, you definitely want someone that's uh, that's going to be trustworthy, going to mm-hmm. be loyal. Uh, the the as far as an executor or a trustee, they're they basically have three main duties: uh, just the duty to to act loyally to your wishes, not to act in self-interest. Um, when they become executor at your death, their their basic roles are to marshal and protect the assets of the estate, safeguard things, um, then pay any bills that are out there, right. handle all that. Um, there's Sometimes it's very easy to discover, sometimes it's not. Um, and then uh, ultimately distribute everything as, as your in according with your instructions in the, in the document. And so uh, that sometimes people will name multiple people to work together. Um, as yeah, long what do you as, think about as that? Long as they, yeah, as long as they work well together. Uh-huh. Uh, um, there, there can be cases where um, old grievances uh-huh. come up from yeah. childhood uh-huh. and, and things like that. You made me and sleep and on the bottom bunk. I, 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 <laughs> I didn't like a, that. Another attorney joked to me a, a month or so ago, and it was very true. He basically said, if all siblings got along, some of us lawyers would be homeless. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but um, you know, some, some cases are great, but a, a lot of times when people come in and, and they say, well, you know, they'll, they'll start and they'll preface their their story by saying, well, you know, I, I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you about this or, mm-hmm. or that. And, and a lot of times I just have to put them at ease and say, you know what, we, we see everything and right. you, your situation is not, not nearly the worst I've dealt with. Yeah. And, and, um, it's like telling you know, a podiatrist un- that your feet are ugly before he looks at them. <laughs> exactly. like, I think they're all ugly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Ryan, it was really good to have you on the show. I'm glad we finally did get you here and uh, had a chance to talk to you. appreciate you sharing your story. Can you tell people how they should get a hold of you if they need you? Yeah, certainly. Thanks for having me. Um, uh, our website is uh, com, just like the coach over at Tech. And uh, our uh, office phone number is 540 838 2233 and uh, feel free to stop in anytime during business hours right in, right in front of Sal's. Yep. All right. Well, thanks, Ryan. Keith, you got anything to add? No, that's it. Everyone have a great weekend. You've been listening to AM Hodgepodge. Somebody truck. In a farmer's field A no trespass sign A time to kill Nobody's gonna get hurt So what's the big deal Somebody truck In a farmer's field